Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Before I introduce my guest for this week, I just want to give you the heads up on something new that I'm excited about. I'm starting a new angle on this podcast called Business Synchronicities. It's to address spirituality and intuition and metaphysics within the business world because today, more than ever, we need the divine feminine to understand what's happening and to create a plan and find the inspired actions. More on that soon. In this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Lynn Robinson, a best-selling author and popular speaker on the hot topic of intuition, one of my favorites. She tells people how to tap into the power of their own inner GPS. Her consulting clients consistently praise her uncanny intuitive insights as spot on, resulting in increased personal clarity, creative solutions, and overall business success. Her latest book, Put Your Intuition to Work, just finished it. She's also the author of Divine Intuition, Your Inner Guidance to Purpose, Peace, and Prosperity. Welcome, Lynn. Hey, Ronnie. Thanks for having me on your show. So it is my pleasure, believe me. And I am really excited because having just finished your book, you, you had so many amazing examples in there. That was incredible because, you know, if you're the kind of person who's listening right now and you really don't know much about your intuition, but you want to use it for your personal life or for business, in Lynn's book, Put Your Intuition to Work, she has example after example after example of the simple ways people do things in all kinds of situations share just a couple just to start off. You must have one or two short favorite stories. I mean, my whole business got launched by using my intuition. I had been in an IT company in Boston for several years and knew that I didn't want to do that when I grew up. Uh, (laughs) I'm sure a lot of your listeners think, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. You know, I was working with a coach and I said, you know, I want to be self-employed. I want to do something with counseling people. I'm fascinated by intuition and spirituality. And so she was the one that really taught me about visualizing, writing down what I wanted, you know, kind of law of attraction stuff we now know. So I just did that religiously every day. I imagined myself with my own business, a beautiful office, you know, people, my appointment calendar filled with clients. What happened next, I'll give you the short version of the story, was a friend, unfortunately, a friend of mine died and I went to his funeral. And I don't know if you've ever had one of those times, you know, where you you just like you're, you're intending to do one thing. I was going to sit next to another friend and, you know, that was there. But I heard this voice. Sometimes intuition, as we know, comes as an inner voice. And it said, sit there, sit there. And I almost felt like I got magnetized into a seat. Uh-huh. And it was next to a woman I didn't know. And I'm the whole time I'm thinking, what was that all about? Why am I sitting here? But at the end of the service, she and I started chatting. And she asked me what I did for a living, you know, small talk. I wanted to say, oh, I work, I mean, office operations manager of a software company. And she said, you know, but I talked to her about the my idea about intuition. Well, it turned out she wanted a reading, which I'd really not done for very many people other than my friends. 
And I, it turned out she was a writer for the Boston Globe newspaper. <laughs> and she oh wrote an article God. about me. Yeah, and I, I got over 500 clients in the next month. So that's oh how my, my business gosh. got launched. But that was really intuition. I mean, because it was, you know, we, we get intuition, as you well know, through an inner voice, through a gut feeling, through, you know, a, a knowing about something. And so when I walked into that funeral service, I just felt like I was supposed to sit there. That had, like, had my name on it, but it didn't. <laughs> Maybe in spirit it did. Well, but that's one example. And that's an awesome one. But there are a couple of things about this that make it so powerful. The first thing is you heard something. The second yes. thing is you did something about it. Right. And those are very different things. Oh, amen to that. You got it, Ronnie. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, because I think what happens, and I've certainly been guilty of it, you know, you intuition comes like you feel like you're making it up you know it's like oh was that really my inner voice or my inner critic or something else or my you know great aunt Ethel talking to me what yeah. is it and so we kind of poo-poo it or we push it aside yeah. and so I you know I do think intuition is like any skill the more you use it the better you get at it and you know I think over time intuition differentiates itself through it feels a little different than just that inner voice. It has a different quality to it. For me, it's very calming. It feels like there's sort of a, a directness about it. It's often just kind of a short sentence, like sit there. I'd be curious, I'm interviewing you now, but how do you get intuitive information? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, uh, all right. So first I'm going to have to tell you a story about hearing it and then following through. This was so many years ago. I can't, it must've been in the early nineties. And I had candles on my dining room table and I had put some tinfoil down just in case. And there was nobody there but me. And then I was kind of around the corner reading a book. Intuition was still kind of new to me. And so I heard in my head, someone say, table's burning. And I'm like, wow. what? What is that? What does that mean? Well, who would say that? How did that, how do I, that's nonsense. I'm not going to even go look. Oh dear. Yeah. So we when I write it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When I finally got up to go use the bathroom and I walked around the corner, I'm like, how oh, luck. So the candle had come out of the holder and I didn't hear that it fell, rolled off the tin foil, and was continuing to burn a black spot in my antique oak table. Oh so wow. I left that black spot there for a long time because I thought, pay attention. Good reminder. Good reminder. Yeah. Right. I get intuition in a variety of ways. Sometimes I hear a voice like that that's just clearly speaking to me. And mm -hmm. it's definitely not me because why would tables burning even come into my head? You know, it doesn't. Yeah. So, and sometimes it sounds like, am I making that up or whatever? So, and sometimes I just get a feeling, you know, like when all the little hairs on your right. back of your neck but, stand up yeah. and stuff. Sometimes I just get a sense of knowing I have a variety of ways that information comes into me. It's different for everybody. And some people are better at some kind of skills than others. Right. You know, some people, my favorite is the visuals for sure. Yeah. 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 And I think that what you're saying is so important because we all, we don't all get it at the same way and there's no one right way to get it. I find I get it intuition, intuitive information differently depending on the situation sometimes i'll get those little warnings or like that usually that will come through as an inner voice but often it's what you were saying sort of a knowing i just get this little nudge or 
It's like, this feels right to do this. In fact, one of the ways I tell people to trust their intuition, if they're making a, a general decision in their life, is if something feels interesting, exciting, compelling, they're curious about it, energized by the thought of it, that's usually their intuition saying, go in that direction. And conversely, if something feels boring, draining, you're just not interested, it feels heavy, weighted down, that's generally your intuition saying move away from it or, you know, don't go there. The thing that I, I learned how to do when I was first learning to trust my intuition is just trying it out in small situations first yes. that were sort of low risk, you know, that wasn't, you know, should I get a divorce or should I take that job or yes. should I move across the country? You know, not those big, big decisions. So that was really helpful to me. So I got to really know that, that intuitive, I, it's hard to call hard to talk about it. So not, I was going to say intuitive voice, but really it isn't always a voice as you're saying. Yeah. But you are absolutely right, Rania. I just think so often we get that intuitive message and then we don't take action on it. And the thing that I hear in my intuitive readings with my clients is so often you know, people talk themselves out of it. I'd like to do this, but I don't have the confidence or the education or I'm not good enough or pretty enough or, you know, whatever we fill in the blank enough in a way that kind of protects us or we think it does. But, you know, intuition is always calling us to do something new and it moves us out of our comfort zone. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Not much will yeah. happen in our comfort no. zone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now let's talk about fear for a minute though, because one time back when I was dating, it was the strangest things. I was having a fourth date with this guy and I was really excited about him. And he had a, like an apartment on his mother's house because he was divorced. So he took me in to meet his mother and she said, oh, who is this? And, you know, he introduced me, but that's not what I heard. What I heard was, which woman is this? And oh. I was like, hey, what's going on here? You know? And yeah. then- we went out for a walk in the park and he's sitting there saying all these nice things. And I had another voice come and say, you are not special to him. And I was like, what? Wow. And I thought, oh, that's just my fear talking. I have to say, whoever was trying to save me was correct. And I never saw yeah. him after the fourth date. But how do you know if it's fear? I don't know if you have any words of advice on that one. You know, generally... Again, I think part of it is that boring answer of practice that, you know, when we listen to it often enough and ask, is this the voice of my intuition? What do I need to know about this? What, you know, I like asking my intuition questions. So if I get just a kind of a brief thing, like he's, you're not special to him, you know, it's a little hard when you're sitting there talking to your date, but yes. you know, let's face it. But, but still, I would try at the earliest convenience to go inside and just say, what's going on here? What do I need to know? Maybe what's my right next step? I like asking open-ended questions, not is he the one or not, you know, yes or no, but what do I need to know about this person? What are his strengths? or weaknesses, or I teach intuition a lot to businesses. And I like working with entrepreneurs um, to do intuitive readings. And it's very interesting, because often when they're in a hiring situation, they, you know, train them to all, you know, go within, keep a pad of paper and a pen and, and just, you know, say, what are this person's strengths and weaknesses? You know, how will they get along with my team? If I hire this person, how will it work out? I mean, so we can do that as a, a you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, or we can do it in hiring decisions or anything else. I used to be in sales. People would always go, oh my gosh, how do you know all of this information? And I basically, before I even met the person I was supposed to be calling on, I would just go, you know, what's going on? You know, how can my service, I was selling an educational service and how can I, how could 
it help them? You know, is this product a good thing for them? You know, so I would just go within and I kept a pad of paper. Some people do it on their keyboard. I do it the old fashioned way, just writing down the answers. That is fascinating. I just, I think we have a lot more knowledge within than we give ourselves credit for. We just don't think to ask. Yeah. Well, what I got out of what you just said makes so much sense. If you don't know if it's fear or not, ask a clarifying question. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that makes so much sense. I could have said, instead of just going, oh, that's my fear talking, I could have asked, who's telling me this? Or why are you telling me this? Or is this just my fear? Or any number of things in hindsight, it's so easy. It's 2020, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. But apparently that was a lesson. And Gavin DeBecker wrote that wonderful book called The Gift of Fear. And I don't think he even said the word intuition in the whole darn book, but that, you know, it's really, it's really a book about trusting your intuition to keep yourself out of dangerous situations. But I I think on a more fundamental level in our life, you know, as we talked about, intuition leads us out of our comfort zone, you know, to know that you're probably going to feel at least mildly uncomfortable when you're doing something new. I ascribe to that theory of feel the fear and do it anyway. When that article came out about me in the Boston Globe newspaper, my intuitive readings, and I started seeing clients, people I hadn't, you know, weren't weren't friends, didn't, you know, didn't know them. I was scared out of my mind. You know, I, I, in fact, I used to cry before my clients came in, like, what are they going to find out? I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) That little imposter syndrome. The inner voice just kept saying, you know, it's okay to be nervous right now. That's really normal. You know, when you do something new, you're going to feel a little scared and uncomfortable. And intuition is always moving us out of our comfort zone. So interesting that you say that because, you know, I've been doing readings for over 30 years and I still question myself, unfortunately. Yeah, me too. And I've got the same time period you do, over 30 years. I I still do. So I just did a reading last Sunday for a woman. I I was doing an Akashic Records uh, past life reading. And all of my skills end up merging, you know, when I'm doing a reading. I'm not going to just stick to one thing. I want them to have the best experience. So anyway, at the end, I thought, well, let me just pick a card. And I had developed my own deck. So I got the card was called The Desert. It's just a picture of the desert with a cactus. And I'm like, I have no idea how this even applies. And I told her that. And I said, but let's just talk about the desert and what I normally say. So I told her about the desert or whatever, hoping I'm going to come up with a reason why I'm saying this. And she goes, she was talking about a man. And she goes, he actually said to me, I feel like I'm in the desert. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow. Oh. You know, I still get chills. I love that kind of synchronous. Oh, that's so amazing. So I know. you just can't know. I mean, one time I was doing a reading for a woman and I think she was from Pakistan. I saw a life in India where she was a tiger tamer. And some people would say, oh, that's not very far afield. So anyway, you have to tell people you get something, you have to say it. Right. So, okay. So I said, well, I see you as a tiger tamer, you and your father. So I told this whole story and she said, when anyone ever asks me, what animal would you be? I always say tiger. So you have to trust and you have to say it. Like if you're doing a reading for somebody, you, you cannot not say it because that stops the flow of information. Oh, it's true. Yes, absolutely. Because the moment I start questioning myself, is this accurate? Especially if somebody's not responding, you're saying all this information, they're kind of 
doing the poker face thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it is hard, I find, to get information to when somebody is really testing you. And it's not oh. so much, I don't, that's, it's a funny dynamic because I don't want to say, it will stop testing me because it's almost like it blocks the energy. Yeah. And but sure. I do the same thing as you do, Ronnie. I mean, I, you know, same, same period of time, 30 plus years. And there's still people I'm going, Oh my gosh, am I getting this accurately? And I just have to really go deep within myself and just sort of read the information and not be put off by somebody's body language yeah. or, you know, that they're, they're not saying anything or responding. I had one client who recently who went through the entire reading did not say anything. And I finally said at the end, I said, I really hope this was helpful to you. You know, what was what was the most helpful thing I said? And then she starts like, oh my gosh, everything you said was so accurate. And inside I'm like, really? <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> but yeah, I know those little doubts and fears start hit, hit the most professional of us. Yeah, it's funny because you can't necessarily go by somebody's reaction. No, you and can't. I've had the test. A lot of times I've said, really, are you playing test the psychic? Because you're not going to get your money's worth when you do that. Like, yeah. When I get somebody who's willing to work with me, which doesn't mean they have to tell me every right, day. Right, right. Exactly. Just, well, give me a little something, you know, like yeah. I don't do a reading unless they're going to ask me a question. Because I say, if you don't have any questions, I don't have any answers. Yeah. Yeah. I The way I've likened it is if somebody isn't at least presenting a question or you, I don't want a lot of information, but if they don't ask a question, it's like, I feel like I'm staring at a blank canvas and going, gosh, where do I begin? And it's, it's, it's a little overwhelming because there's so many yeah, options. So, yeah, I mean, so even things. if it's a question about like, I'm concerned about my career or I'm concerned about a relationship or, you know, things like that, just kind of open up the energy a little bit. Yeah. Right. That's interesting right. that you would say that for sure. Yeah. But I do the same thing. I ask people to have at least some questions or issues that they like me to discuss and that, that get, that gets the juices flowing. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. When you think about intuition and business. Now you've had all this experience te teaching people in business. What kind of reactions do you get? I mostly have clients who are entrepreneurs, small business owners. I'm not getting hired so much for like big corporations at this point. My belief is that, you know, like coaching about a decade or so ago, nobody knew what coaches were. Not, not too many people had them on the team. And I think that in the future, we're going to be having professional intuitives as part of the, you know, the business oh, toolkit. Don't I you like that, that idea? I, I know. I always think of that. That Star Trek, you know, where there was, I can't remember, was it Lieutenant Uhura who was the psychic on board no, or the intuitive no, on board? Not Uhura. I, no. Okay. Yeah. It'll come to yeah. us. The name we were looking for is Deanna Troy. But anyway, you know, she was always there kind of talking about what was going on with the yes. enemy approaching yes. or, you know, what was their mindset or whatever. A lot of my clients will call and I hit, hit a rocky road in my business or I don't know which direction to go in or I'm going to be hiring this person or I have a difficult team members. I find it fascinating to tune into people and see, you know, how to motivate them, what's going on, what might be going on behind the scenes. We can't make decisions in our lives like we did a few years ago. I mean, we can't just say, oh, this worked for me a decade ago, so it's going to work for me now, whether it's our own individual lives or it's a business decision. I think we're now more than ever, we're needing to trust our intuition. I agree. The way the energy is now, there's a lot more pioneering going on. Even if you look at the economy, they woefully try to explain our economy. And honestly, a lot of the old things that were tried and true... They no longer apply. 
And so since we're pioneering, your intuition really is more important than ever because what else you got? Yeah, I know. And you've got to start doing things differently because we're having a tough time on this planet right now. So it requires a different mindset. It, it requires a, a solutions oriented mindset. That's why I really like law of attraction stuff too. I mean, one of my favorite technique is three steps and I do it every day. I like write down what it is that I want to create. What's the outcome I want. And then I visualize it for a few minutes. And sometimes I'm not particularly good at picturing it and visualizing it. So I talk to myself in my mind as if I have what I want, like, oh, I, you know, love the clients are coming to me. My appointment book is filled, you know, you know, whatever it is that your relationship. And then every day I just say to myself with my eyes so closed, what could I do today to move in the direction of my dream? It doesn't take something big, like write a book. It doesn't require that. It, it may be an email, a phone call, uh, going to a party, just some small steps. It doesn't need to be something big. When you feel excited or energized, curious about it, again, that's your intuition saying, go in that direction. That's really good advice. So Lynn, if you're so good, good at intuition, what about finding the right numbers and buying the right <laughs> ticket and that kind of thing? That happened to me when I first got married, I woke up with seven numbers going through my head and I'd actually never played the lottery before. So I couldn't go back to sleep. I couldn't get the numbers out of my head and my husband's snoring beside me. And I finally like, Gary, wake up. You know, I think I've got the lottery number. How many numbers are in the lottery? Well, I've never seen that man move so fast before. Since he had a pad of paper, he had a pen. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, I married a psychic and we won the lottery. But I gave him the lottery number. I, we wrote it down and it was like a Wednesday morning. And, and he said, I'm going to play it on the way to work. I probably forgot about it until Friday morning. We're reading again, the Boston Globe newspaper. That's where, where I lived at the time. And I said, let's just check and see, you know, did my lottery number come in? And he looked a little sheepish and he said, oh gosh, it got so busy on Wednesday. I actually forgot to play it. And I'm thinking, well, very unlikely that that was the right number. I read out the number to him and he said, I said, do you still have that little slip of paper that you wrote it down on? And he looked at his piece of paper and we looked at the lottery number And I had a winning lottery number for $5.2 million the day that he did not play it. (laughs) And I'm still still married to him, Ronnie. (laughs) That's a miracle, I got to tell you. But you know what, Ronnie, that goes back to your earlier point that, you know, you've got to take action on it because I didn't. I kind of gave it to him to take over. And so I consider that a very unfortunate (laughs) lesson where I should have trusted my own intuition and taken action on it. Still got the pad of paper beside me on my bed, but no lottery number has come since then. Maybe that was a once in a lifetime thing, but it might have been. That's a lot harder of a lesson than just a little burn in my table. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Oh, $5.2 million. Who knows? Maybe that would have made you unhappy. We can come up with something. I know. You never know. I probably wouldn't have really continued this line of business, I suppose. I don't know. I'm not sure what I would have done differently. I don't know. I still like what I'm doing. So Well, that's what counts. It does. I know. Yeah. If you, you love what you're doing, you'll never work another day in your life. <laughs> yes. Well, that's yeah. definitely a good way of looking at things. When people feel like really overwhelmed or they're stuck in making the decision and you know, they do that whole pros and cons list and you, they still don't get anywhere and they can't decide. Yeah. What do you recommend? I tell people when they've got a big decision to make that it's okay to go through a period of exploration. I think so often we just expect to go, okay, here's my decision. 
it, sometimes that feels like it puts you out of your misery to decide. But if you've made a bad decision, that's not so good. So I tell people just give themselves a period of time, you know, depending on the situation, maybe a few days, a few months, a year to just try out some options, to take some small steps, to explore. Now, explore is one of the words I get from my own guide so often. It's just tell the person it's not the time to make the decision, to simply explore. And, you know, I did that. My husband and I recently moved to Southern Maine from Cape Cod, and I've been feeling that's time to move, but it just didn't feel like the quite the right time. So exploration to me meant coming up for three-day weekends, talking to the real estate broker, going to some open houses, seeing how it felt, being here on vacation for a week. So that was my kind of way of exploring things. And when you do that, you get more information. You know, the universe wants to present you with information to help you make your decision. And the exploration piece is important. Well, that's also go, goes back to the beginning of our conversation or even your lottery conversation where, you know, you're taking action and there's a Japanese management philosophy called Kaizen and mm -hmm. it's a, you're familiar with that. So it's yeah. about very small steps because sometimes right. we have resistance to the big leap, but yes. you can handle it by, if it was a doctor who was trying to get a patient to walk on the treadmill and she didn't want to. And he said, all right, we'll stand on the treadmill and read the paper for five minutes. And then right. she was there and she's like, well, might as well turn it on. I might as well so, walk. <laughs> so it's not only a way of working with your mind, but it can also be a way of having one step lead to another so that you can follow the little intuition breadcrumb trail. That's right. And it also helps you manage your fear because sometimes we have a big thing that we know, like leaving a job or moving or something that's a really big one. And we feel, you know, understandably, we feel nervous about it. And so breaking it down into some smaller tasks both honors your intuition, but it also makes that big leap much more manageable because it's the small steps you're taking to get there. I liken it to kind of standing at the bottom of Mount Everest and you want to get to the top and it's just like, you just stand there going, oh my gosh, that's so high. How am I going to get there? And you know, the, the joke is how do you get to the top of Mount Everest? One step at a time. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I think it's a Japanese energy in there again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Good point. And sometimes those steps lead you to something you never thought of. Absolutely. Because it puts you in touch with maybe different people or different ideas or different situations, or it strengthens some skills before you could take that leap. Because, you know, as we said earlier, we all get scared. We all start talking ourselves out of things, but in just nudging yourself out of your comfort zone sometimes is all that's needed for the intuition to work. It's magic, which is part of the theme of your show. So yes. And that's the magic I love. I love yeah. the kind of magic that gives you the synchronicities where one thing leads to another and you end up in the Boston Globe. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's pretty yeah. exciting. When you work with different businesses or whatever, like are you ever on call where they have situations and they're like, Lynn, get over here, we need your crystal ball. <laughs> There's several business clients I have who are, again, probably mostly CEO entrepreneurs of, of uh, mid-sized organizations, and they will have me on speed dial frequently. So most of my clients make appointments every few months, once a year, something like that. But there's probably about half a dozen clients who are fall in that category that you're asking about that just said, do you have anything today? <laughs> so I always try to make room for them because they're kind of my fun clients and they've become friends and I sort of know everybody 
that's on their team now. But it's all over Zoom and phone calls. I mean, it's just kind of astounding what we can do now. I mean, I'm sure a decade ago, I would be having to fly somewhere, drive somewhere to get to those folks. But this is, it's just amazing that this ability just seems to work wherever you are in the world. I mean, a lot of my clients, interestingly, are in Japan. So I have to get up very early in the morning to talk to them. But I love what I do. I mean, I just find, you know, meet such great, creative, wonderful people and help add to their skill set and learning to take their own risks and believe in themselves. So it's, I feel very fortunate that I get to do this work. In addition to helping them have insights or make decisions, that's also very healing the way you talked about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people usually come like they do to you, I assume, you know, when people are in the midst of change and transition and trying to figure out those next steps. And, you know, they want to be access my my intuition, but they uh, I'm also trying to help them access theirs. So I mean, there's, I'm sure you've heard this too, that so often when you end a reading, people say, well, you know, you really gave me the information that I was getting too, you know, that it's really reaffirming them that their intuition is accurate. And we're a neutral outside of observer who isn't impacted by their decisions and doesn't ever have to talk to them again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've had that on the reverse end when I've gotten a reading from somebody. It's like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I was getting. You know, I mean, you could think, oh, well, that's a waste of time, but just having somebody else confirm it is really nice. Oh, very helpful. This is the last one. What what about for yourself? Do you have other peers that you do this work mm-hmm. with and help each other or? Yeah, I mean, it's mostly probably a group of friends around me that are empaths, healers, counselors, coaches, organizational development folks. So we all kind of have these little sounding board sessions. So I kind of trust their feedback. And sometimes it's just, isn't it just a matter of asking some good questions? not necessarily advice giving, but asking the right questions. And sometimes that's, I find some of my intuitive readings are just helping people get clarity by asking some questions and providing the insight that I'm getting. But that's not so much that I'm formally getting a reading from someone, but just that I've got some like-minded folks around that we all know how to be good listeners. I find that very important when things happen, things are constantly happening. And I want to call up a girlfriend and go, what'd you get? We'll meditate together on the phone. I know. Isn't that helpful? Yeah. So do you have any last words of wisdom or advice you'd like to share with the listeners today? When you're making a decision just throughout the day, kind of put your attention. I find around my heart is where I get intuitive information. So simply just checking and going, what does my intuition say? Or what does my spirit say? Or what does my heart say? Whatever resonates with you and just listen for the answer. I mean, it, you know, sometimes the answer will come in later in the day, but just getting in the habit of doing that is really practicing the skill and developing it. And by the way, I've got a lot of information on my website. There's lots of quizzes and articles and resources. And I have a booklet that you can download called Seven Intuition Tips to Guide Your Life. And it's lynnrobinson.com. This was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Love and magic.